Greetings and welcome to episode 21 of the Weekly Review, a weekly podcast for words about games where we sit down and talk about the games that we have been playing. I am your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by Mr. Daffod Moody. Oddly doodly, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday. You know what that means. I'm trying to enunciate your name. After I was scrolling through YouTube on my phone and I saw the auto captions for, for last week's episode where it was like, the, the auto captions on YouTube were like, I'm joined by Mr. Daphne Moody. <laughs> that was funny when you sent me that, I won't lie. I made Sophia's day that. Daphne. Gonna it's gonna say something great, yeah, right. I look forward to seeing it tomorrow or like <laughs> on the next one. It's <laughs> YouTube's a wild ride. It is a wild ride. There's no doubt about it. it How are ride. you, Daphne? I'm not bad at all. Daphne is not bad at all. Uh, uh, I've had a go all right week. The week's been pretty all right. Uh, played a lot of the. I played a few hours of a game today that we're going to be talking about shortly. That's good. Um. I had a lot of fun among us last night, among us Saturdays. Say, one of my favourite days of the week. Again, and I know we talked about this on uh, last week That's when Avril was here. Like, they're getting longer. <laughs> like, our sessions in Among Us are getting longer and more people are sticking around for like a longer period of time. It's really strange. We're getting more into the game. It's great. I love it. They still need it. Like uh, I think I shared a thing saying they're going to update it soon. So hopefully they will be sending out that new map soon. Because I think it, we do need that new map. I think we need to start smashing that new map a little bit more. But we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, we we've we've got a good rotation going. Like next week, we'll probably play more on that. People the... than we ever had yeah, last night, which was really kind of. Well, yeah. People in and out. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Almost everybody said, "Yeah, let's play." And then y'all fucking started without me, bastards. I was in the Discord. I was talking to people. And then I clicked the button and it was like, the game's already in progress. I went around stream. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you you dropped out to get me yeah. in. And then, <laughs> and then April started well, the fucking game. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to lie. I was hurt. <laughs> I even asked her because I went straight to the Like, obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't played. So I went on the stream and I went, hey, April. Why is there only with nine people? <laughs> said, oh, there is nine people, isn't there? We are yeah. missing one. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, weird. Oh, she must have got, I think she said she must have got kicked. I might be wrong there. but She uh, didn't. No, no. She was just trying to sort out because fucking OBS logged, it out, logged, logged itself out. So I, so I was sorting that out. And then when I'd finished sorting that out, I tried to get into the match. And it was it was, it was away. It was... Yeah. <laughs> it was flying away with the butterflies. <sighs> Honestly... This is what happens when I'm, I'm just going to sound egotistical and I don't care because I'm right. This is what happens when I'm not in charge. People get forgotten. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about you really fast. Not gonna I know, lie. right? Like, like, you hurt like, my feelings. Who's in there? You hurt my feelings. Like, I can just be forgotten like that. I'll just go, oh, fine, I'll fuck you all and I'll just start my own Among Us again. <laughs> I did it once, I'll do it again. Do it again, yeah. <laughs> but this is what I need to talk about most this week. Um, we need to talk about three games that I've played. Because, huh, spoiler alert, I suddenly have a lot of time on my hands. 
like a fucking doomsday clock on my phone. For audio listeners, Amy has been told to isolate. <laughs> uh, Amy has nine days to go. <laughs> well, you're fine though, aren't you? So, I'm fine. I don't yeah. have any symptoms um, or anything. So, no, I no. I just I got pinged. I was at a bus stop. <laughs> my phone went oh. off. <laughs> well, my watch went off. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at my phone. I was like, "Oh no!" And then I turned around. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I better go home then. <laughs> I'm not going to isolate at this bus stop. <laughs> I literally just screenshot it um, and sent it. And I was like, <laughs> Sorry. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, just a nice, nice reminder that this isn't over. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to lie. It was March last year when I got when I isolated as well. So it's almost that's a year. It's, al- it's almost a year since the last time I isolated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> first lockdown, first lockdown will be started at the end of the month. So uh, yeah, it was the twenty third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the date. <laughs> Not because of any historical significance, because that was the day I was out of my isolation the first time, the twenty third of March. And then I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Walked out of my house and was like, ah, ha, ha, where, where's everybody gone? <laughs> I'm sorry, but do you have to ice? We are locking down. But <laughs> what that means is, like, these podcasts that we've been doing for the last 12 months are going to be a fascinating time capsule in a few years. Like, to just, like, listen to, like, the intros, because, you know, it's the intros where we shoot the shit. And we talk about stuff like this. Or like the the podcast where we were talking about E3 might not be a thing in 2020. <laughs> like, and stuff. Like, that'll be fascinating to listen to in like a few years' time. Do you know what else is going to be fascinating to listen to? Games. Games. So Bravely Default 2, we're talking about that. Maquette, we're talking about that. And then Curse of the Dead Gods, I'll be talking about that. I was thinking of getting that curse of the gods on on Steam. Well, maybe you will in like an hour's time. Um, yeah, thanks to my self isolation, um, I I'm at twenty three hours in a Bravely Default too. Um, damn, maybe I I've been smashing you it. You did say you were smashing it, but damn, <laughs> like the game, I, uh, in-game I, clock. I'm yeah. about six hours in. I would say. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I. Ironically, the Sherlock book is nowhere in 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 range. That's good. Because no, 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 it's bad. Because ironically, I was so busy playing a game that I didn't write any of my notes down in the in the book. So I'm gonna need so you to there. sort of guide this podcast episode with questions <laughs> to trigger my memory. <laughs> um, because everything's up here. And this is disorganized mess. That's why I have a Sherlock handbook, notebook. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's talk bravely default two. Bravely default two. Yes, a game I harped on about for you, to you to get and to you to. Well, not that you you were always going to get it. It's just you to give it a go, and you played more than I did. Yes, I have been a little bit busy when it comes to college work and everything, but 
Wow. And you've also had a little bit more free time. I've had most of the week to, my, to myself, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but damn. Um, I'll ask the simplest question so far. How is it for you? It's great. I love it. I, I can't remember what day I actually started playing it. It was later on in the week <laughs> when I, I sat down. It, I think we got it. I think it came out. Because it came out like, well, it came out a week ago. Because um, I had it, like, for, I had it. It was here in in yeah, the house we've had last it for a week. While, yeah, um, yeah. But I only actually played it for a while. But yeah, it's it's great. I love it. It's excellent. Um, but like I say, I'm about twenty three hours in. Some of that is grinding, um, job points, <laughs> all like grind, like like it's just general JRPG stuff. Um, but yeah, Bravely Default too. It's obviously a sequel. Bravely Default on Nintendo Switch. And it is, uh, it's what I like to think of as a throwback JRPG. So it's very much like a modernized Final Fantasy, not not the the ones we played on PlayStation, like the the really old Final Fantasies from like the Nintendo days, like one, two, three, etc. Um, with things like job systems instead of classes, um, like grinding instead of <laughs> natural progression. <laughs> And difficulty. <laughs> I'll say this. The actually good grinding compared to the games of the service, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The, the, when I say, oh, I've spent a few hours grinding, what I mean by that is I wasn't, I wasn't grinding because there was nothing to do. I wasn't grinding because I was stuck. It was literally just a case of... So, yeah, we'll talk about the gameplay a lot first, I think, because the story... Well, we'll get that. Um, so one of the things in Bravely Default 2, um, as far as the progression goes, is essentially there's four characters in the party. You don't swap party members. Um, sometimes you get like guest characters who show up and, and help you out every now and again. And it's pretty cool, but you have X, XP, like your standard XP, which levels the characters up, which levels their stats up. And then you have jobs. And you can assign a character two jobs, um, a main job and a sub job. And you level those up as well. So, like, if you've got a character who is leveled up, leveling up in White Mage, for example, which is, like, the healing class and all the support, a lot of support spells, and you level that job up independently of the character. So, you have XP points and you have job points. Um, now, as you're unlocking abilities, some of them... Sorry, as you're unlocking spells and, and moves, some of them are abilities that you can... that you, once you've learned, you can equip. And even if you unequip a job you keep those abilities. So the White Mage and the Black Mage have these two abilities called Lunar Powered and Solar Powered. So they regain MP depending on... Oh man, how nerdy do I sound right now? <laughs> this is great. Nerdy, yeah. This is great. So they regain MP depending on if it's day or night. Obviously, Lunar Powered, Solar Powered. So what I did was, I had my two spellcasters, and I leveled the... One's White Mage, one's Black Mage, and I swapped the jobs around and grinded the job points. Until they got to the level where they unlocked solar powered and lunar powered, so both mages have both, so they're always regaining MP. And that might That's seem like a, That's a good idea. That I'm not gonna lie. That might seem like a really, really nitty gritty thing to focus on at the very beginning of. I should probably put the gameplay footage up of like a review, a review of the game. But I think what it's a great example of is how awesome the job system is for customization 
or like theory crafting because you can combine two jobs but you can you're only leveling up the main job so like when you get job points it's only the main job that levels up so you can do something oh i don't know like say like if you've maxed out the class that you want one of the characters to have you just put that in the sub job class but you still get all the abilities yeah and spells and stuff and the combinations are sometimes really cool <laughs> Yeah, I'm only if like say start six hours in, and I'll say right now I've loved what I've played. I have loved what I've played. I think uh, one, I think the animation is very cute and adorable. I think some really nice some textures out there, and I think some of the battle animation is sexy as hell. And I think the game mechanics when it comes to the combat, yes, oh, it's really really good. And I really, I was I was just like, okay, I'm not sure if I want to get with this because I am an old old like. My favorite game, Final Fantasy IX, said multiple times. Final Fantasy X, I love that one as well. And that's basically just one very strategizing, but not to the level of this is. And this is very strategy heavy. And when I got when I got it, I was just like, mm. Yeah, right, that's, right. What are you doing there? That's exactly my sort of reaction here. Once you start getting deeper into the job system and the nuances of the combat, especially when you're doing boss fights, because that's really where the combat shines. We'll talk about the combat mechanics in a bit. But, like, yeah, once once the, all of those nuances started to sort of present themselves in the game, yeah, I had the same reaction. It was just, hmm, I could be into this. <laughs> like, when you start unlocking new jobs, like, I'm just going to say it, there's Monk. <laughs> I don't know if you've unlocked Monk yet. It's fucking ridiculously overpowered. (laughs) (laughs) Like, unbelievable. Like, you have to level it up most of the way. You have to level it up most of the way, but there's a move. I think it's, like, level 11. It's called Pressure Point. And it just... It does a stupendous amount of damage and ignores defenses. (laughs) And it costs one battle point. That's that's basically the word itself. Pressure Point. You just just fucking start annihilating. It's great. I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah, I've just uh, I just got Gloria. All right, cool. So you've done the you've done the first real boss. I think I was a bit overpowered when I got to there. Um, But um, yeah, I'm really happy with what I've done. I think that's no, I think that's fine. Like it's a tough game. Um, Like some of the boss fights can be really brutal. Um, you have to kind of pay attention to what you're doing um, in the yeah. boss fights very much. Like you said, like it's very focused on strategy, um, and it, it really is. You need to know everything you're going to do, <laughs> and you have to be like, you have to be thinking like two or three turns in advance, in, especially in the boss fights, um, so that you don't get caught out. If you haven't examined the the people or the foes, <laughs> examine them, ladies and gentlemen. I will say the most useful tool, ability to use right off the bat because it just makes it a lot more easier than you can just press the X button and it just uh, brings up to what you know what this person's, this foe is going to be weak at and you can then plan your strategy out. It's really, really good. Yeah, I think the comp I say right now, just for going off what I've played so far this year, which isn't many games, uh, combat-wise, I think this is the best combat I've played this year, for me personally. I think this combat has been so, so sexy. It's been really well done. Um, I'll take it one further than that, but I'll take it one further than that when we finish talking about this. Um, yeah, so let's, we're, we're talking about combat, so yeah, we should talk about the thing that gives Bravely Default its name. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like the linchpin of the combat test on. 
It's the genius that makes this really fun, which is the brave and default systems in the combat, because they're just—it's just a brilliant idea. It's t so brave and default are like two and one, I guess, but you know we're talking about two. It's like a. It's a standard JRPG, turn-based JRPG, right? You get a turn, your enemies get a turn, Berber, and you go backwards and forwards. But you can... There's two moves called Brave and Default. And you can default, which means you go into a defensive posture, and you gain a BP, which is a battle point. You can save those up and then make, make four moves at once, basically. Or three, or two, or one. Basically, you can continuously save up extra attacks so the the in-game loading screens have the best possible example for this where it's like in any of the jrpg if one of your characters gets knocked out you have to one character has to throw them a phoenix down or cast res or whatever like revive or whatever and then they come back and they got fuck all health and then another character if you want them to not die again has to heal them <laughs> like throw them a potion or heal them in bravery default too if your healer has a couple of BP saved up, you can just res them and heal them at, at the same time. <laughs> like, come on, man. That's brilliant. Like, that's it's really cunning. There's it, no doubt about it. There's, and it's so satisfying. It just queue up a bunch of attacks that are going to do a shitload of damage and just yeah. obliterate like the health bar of a boss. Kind of feel like I just want to stop talking now and just go back to the game. I really do. I'm watching a boss fight. I kind, of, I kind of have the urge just to play this right now. I'm watching uh, a boss which, fight. It's like yeah, that's the significance of it. It was a uh, a lot uh, a game. I never played the first one. I've said many times, um, but I like I've said all the time. Like I want to try and express more into game, play different games, and change it all up as well. And dust off my Switch as it only played basically two games last year. <laughs> Oh, that was the thing I was going to say in the intro, yeah. Bravely Default 2, right, um, is here. And I have now played the same amount of games on on my Switch. I can't find it. On my Switch in 2021 as I did in the entire of 2020. And Harvest Moon just arrived. So once I put that in my Switch and start playing that, that's more games already. <laughs> yeah, and I've got the soda. I have it. I have it. I'm going to stick with uh, Bravely Default for the time being. I'm going to try and smash a little bit of that out. And then I'll try and do Persona over like maybe starting in maybe a week or two. But um, yeah, I have it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna 100. No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna finish Bravely Default too. I'm gonna just I just I can't stop myself. Yeah, it's so much fun to. Hmm, can I to just play. put you over here? If you just if I just see you start looking down, way. just like you've got your switch in your hands. Um, but yeah, I like let's put you over on my second monitor and change my second monitor to a switch. <laughs> let's but, do that. But yeah, like it is, like it's it's so great once you start unlocking options and you start thinking. Like at the moment, my black mage um, maxed out on on uh, on black mage, like on the on the job. So like I've got all the black mage skills, abilities, moves, spells, everything. And I was like, cool, well I mean I better give him another job, right? Because I wanna actually use this this JP that he's getting. So I was like, Oh, I just unlocked the one called Beastmaster. So I was like, I'll chuck that one on him, right? Because <laughs> I was like, Oh, maybe it'll go together. And then I just did, and then it's like, cool, now I can capture monsters and summon them in battle. <laughs> 
Like, and it's like, oh shit, this is fucking great. And he still has all his spells, so he can still do like massive fucking fire spells and and thunder and blizzard. Um, like my tank, um, is also I can't even remember. I gave I gave my tank a freelancer job. What am I thinking? Oh, yeah, my bot. My sorry, my healer is also a bot. So when no one needs healing, I can just buff the entire party. <laughs> and that's what's cool. That's what's so much fun is to just like figure out how these combinations could could work, and then put them together. And then you go into the combat, and the combat is traditional eighties turn based JRPG on fucking steroids because of I Brave and Default. That's the best analogy. It really is. Yeah, it's it's like um, it's some weird way. It's like if you're playing a card game, say Yu-Gi-Oh or something, or where, like you're setting yourself up, protecting yourself or preparing to to attack and everything like that. But you're holding back just that one little bit, get to protect yourself as well. And it just does that really well. And I think that's like say it's like it's basic. It's it's like a chess match, ladies and gentlemen. And that's I think. A, uh, the best way I can say it for myself, it's like um, it's just like figuring out where to go. And when, uh, I've noticed for myself right now, it's like the weak enemies that like to help you grind that they're easy enough to just get into there and to get your levels up and everything. But when you get to the big guys, uh, whoa! Like the first boss, I was just like, oh man, <laughs> life is so big. <laughs> no. it never goes like, away. Oh. And I was just like. Bruh. <laughs> that never goes away. I think the boss I just did, um, or the boss, sorry, the boss before the one I just did had, um, like their attacks did, um, healed them. So it was like they'd do like 400 damage and heal themselves 400 or whatever. But it's like because of the way defense works in the game, it was like I was literally just doing everything I could to just like it's like there was there's a bard spell which like. It's called like in the spotlight or something like that, where it's like you know attack this person, and I was just doing everything to be like attack my tank. You're only doing like fifty damage to my tank, and you're doing like eight hundred damage to my healer. <laughs> so it's like just attack my tank. You'll get no health back. It's fine. <laughs> my tanks. I can just imagine my tanks down there going, "Look at me, I'm over here." <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, um, like there is grinding in this game. Um, but it's fine because you have an objective in mind. And honestly, unless you're trying to grind out an entire fucking job, like, because like grinding from like level one and level five, which is where the, those abilities I was talking about are, took like 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe. Because you could just turn the battle speed up. <laughs> because the developers of Bravely Default 2 knew exactly that, that people were going to be doing this. And you just push the button a few times, and literally you just, like Moody said, when you when you're grinding against enemies, like you don't even need to use the strategy in the game. You just fucking hammer brave, <laughs> and then just smash the attack button, and you just obliterate everything before it has a chance to hit you. And like the battle speed is going so fast, you literally you queue up four attacks, and it just goes, and then it's done. <laughs> That's how fast you can make it go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very well done. Very well done. It so is. we've praised the heck out of the combat. 
Uh, I don't think I can say much more on this game that apart from uh, that I'm enjoying what I've played so far. So I think I'll get back and throw the rest of these questions at you because you've played way more of this game than I have right now. That's fine. I'll be able to give more of it, I'll give more of it next Hit week. Hit me, Moody. The rest of so, this, the rest of this podcast is going to be a Q and A. Feel Q and A for Amy. Okay, so Amy, uh, what's not working for you so far? Um, right. What's not working for me? You hinted at, I feel like, the story. I just remember one thing that is working for me. Okay. So I'm going to tack this on, and then I'm going to talk about the story. Because there's a system in this game, and I don't know if you've got it yet, where you basically unlock a boat. Um, and you a can boat. S- you can send a boat, a boat, like a sailboat. Okay. I don't I know, that's the, that's the international sign language for sailboat. And it's like, it's a thing that you can do, so you can send the boat away. And then turn your switch off. So like when you're asleep or whatever. When you're not playing it. And then when you come back, it's explored a bunch of stuff. And and you you get treasures and, and stuff. So like you get a bunch of JP orbs or XP orbs or like permanent boosters for stats that you can use on the characters. And it's great because it means my switch is like leveling my characters up for me while I'm not even playing. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, while just, it's just uh, like here's a here's a bunch of JP. Like fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, so the story's not necessarily bad. It's just, it's very generic. <laughs> like, in the way where I said that the combat in, in Bravely Default 2 is like a JRP, like traditional classic JRPG combat on steroids, the story is just, it's a JRPG story. <laughs> like, generic anime. It's generic story. as fuck. You're the yeah. heroes of light, and there's evil, and that evil will destroy the world unless you go on a quest to... You know, vanquish said va- evil, vanquish yeah. all of the bad guys, and then there's even parts where the game has been like, "Oh, look, this person's a bad guy," but you didn't see that coming. I was like, "I totally saw that coming, man. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you could see the scar on their face." That tells <laughs> this guy's been a di- this guy was being a dick to me for ages. Of course, I knew he was going to be a bad guy. <laughs> and then, the, and then it does. It there's another part where there's another character where it's like, "Oh, this character's actually really nice." But he didn't see that coming. And I was like, of course I fucking saw that. Again, like, these are tropes and storytelling tools that have been employed by JRPGs for 35 years. <laughs> like, at this point. And as we discussed, I can't remember whether it was on, on the podcast on Friday or if it was on the review last week, but I had a PlayStation 1, and on all I played on it was JRPGs. <laughs> Like, 80% of what I played, I played Grandia, Alundra, a bunch of Final Fantasies, fucking ones I can't even remember the name of, but I'm picturing them right now. Um, So, like, yeah, I'm well-versed in this stuff. So, it's just, like, the characters are fun enough. I'm not not so sold on the voice acting. Um, Yeah, I agree with you there. The voice acting is very questionable sometimes. But... Everyone does a different accent, which I approve of. It's very strange. <laughs> like the Scottish mage. The Scottish mage. To be fair, he's fun. Like, at it least is. he's fun. Um, like, the char- there's nothing wrong with the characters, and I love the characters. Um, but the story is very much just like... You could probably... If, if I told you to imagine a JRPG story... Like just an average JRPG story, you probably imagine like a bunch of this game, probably, which is what it is. Yeah, 
I'm not really not here for the story. <laughs> As we just spent like tw- 15 yeah. minutes talking about whatever. Like, I'm here for the fucking This is basically kind of like uh, screaming out like Kingdoms of Reckoning for me. Kingdoms of Reckoning, I thought, had an amazing combat. Uh, but the story sucked. <laughs> I don't remember then, anything about that game apart from the combat was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, yeah. I couldn't name a single character in that game. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of them were very generic. I can tell you that. <laughs> but oh yeah, this is, it does seem like it's the same as that type of thing. But uh, what saves it is the combat. Like I said, the combat. I think if the combat was just normal JRPG, just just like eh, it's just yeah, it's just a little bit basic. They changed maybe a couple of things up, but because it's so strategy driven, gives you so many options, so many. Uh, reasons to do a grind to actually get to, to be able to balance up and see do many different um, yeah combinations. It just makes you just go. I want to see what 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 does a black mage and a vanguard do? Oh, I don't know what, but I want to see Jesus. that. Jesus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what does fuck. a white mage and a vanguard do? Well, I don't know, but I want to see this bugger now. <laughs> um, wow, a healing tank that would be in. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I'm just, I'm, I could see him. He's going like, hmm. hmm. Still got a while hmm. off. <laughs> I, could, I could grind that out tonight, I think. Um, yeah. Why not? It's like we talk about grind, and when we talk about grind, there is that negative connotation to the word, which is totally fair. Um, because nine times out of ten, when we're talking about grinding, it's, it sucks. Grinding generally sucks because it's usually either something you have to do or, or something you do. Because you've got nothing else to do. Yep. Like in the life service games. Um, I've only grinded in Bravely Default 2 because I've wanted to unlock the, the moves that I was talking about. The solar powered and, yeah. and lunar powered. Like, I think I'm going to do that now. I think I'm going to like, I want to do this now because I, like, I, thought, I felt like I was a fucking genius when I, when I figured that out. When I, when I was like, I could just have a constant stream of regenerating MP. <laughs> To buy an ethos. Oh no, yeah, you still need to buy ethos. It's not that much MP. <laughs> like if you start doing like 60, 70, 80 MP spells, you can fucking run out pretty quick. That's true, like, yeah. But then it's like the thing with the monk where it's just like the pressure point thing I was telling you about. Because like monks are really fascinating class anyway. Because like until that point, most of their attacks are really powerful anyway. But they they don't cost MP up they cost health so like like you you have to you have to hurt yourself to attack to pull off really powerful attacks but then you get pressure point which just costs a, an extra bp so i just brave once <laughs> and then just and then just do like 1600 fucking damage in one attack enemy was defaulting doesn't matter it goes through that <laughs> Oh, enemy's not weak to to the weapon my monk's using? My monk's using his fists. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it, it's a guaranteed massive amount of damage, and I just can't believe it's in the game. It's so OP. Like, you just start throwing fucking damage boosts on him, and, oh, mate. <laughs> but imagine I a monk... I think we're going to maybe let's get off now. A monk so bye, everybody. <laughs> a monk white mage. Can heal himself. Hmm. Amongst black mage? 
Put fire on his face. Never, <laughs> never used the black mage spells. No, I just never have time. That's true, like yeah. To be fair, there's twenty plus jobs and I've unlocked like ten. So Oh wow. I've still got a ton though to find. I know there's like a couple of I know there's like a couple of uh optional ones as well. Like there's optional bosses and stuff. Like there's rare enemies in the map. You are fucking no joke. <laughs> like I tried to fight one and it was like nope. <laughs> coming back, coming back later. <laughs> Not today. Not today. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, this, this enemy. Oh, it's a rare enemy, and the game explained. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll fight this rare enemy because imagine it's worth a lot of JP, right? Hmm. And then it charmed three quarters of my party, and I was like, oh, this is gonna end well. <laughs> As my party started beating itself up. <laughs> Yeah, I like that the game told me uh, sometimes you might fight an enemy that is too powerful at this moment in time. So I went, ah, I'm a bit fucky, I won't lie to me. I went, I'm okay. <laughs> then I literally turned the other two around and legged it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, thing, <laughs> the, thing to, the thing to realize about Bravely Default 2 is it's not like. It's like mega difficult, hard mode, whatever. It, it is a tough game. There are difficulty yeah, settings. And it's yeah. not forgiving. No, it's a strategy okay. RPG where you have to be strategic to, to win. No cockiness, ladies and gentlemen. No. It will. You'll have egg on your face. But like once like you get that. into it, yeah, once you get into it and you learn that lesson the hard way. Because <laughs> everybody does it, right? Well, I'm doing really well. So like, even though this enemy is glowing red, I'm sure I could take up. No, no, I couldn't. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's it. Once you get into the swing of it, it's you'll know. You just know instinctively. Yeah. I agree. Um, do you have any other questions? Because I think that's it. Basically, yeah, you're enjoying it. There are things that are a little disappointing, which is like story most right now. Um, I like no, the music. Oh, the music's really kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that, yeah. I think I really like, because I'm grinding so much, I'm listening to the battle music a lot, and it's like... I'm just like, I can see you took some little bit of Final Fantasy. Yeah, I know. I've got the, like, you say battle music, and I can hear it. Like, I just owned it. That's true, yeah. Yeah, the music's really kind of... Uh, I like the art style. I think the art style is really Oh, it's brilliant. so good. Yeah. It's like, you know when you go to a city and, and you... Because you can find your side quests because it's a JRPG, so of course it has side quests. Some of them are... Actually, some of them are really annoying um, side quests where you basically have to go backwards and forwards a bunch. Um, but the the results... The, the the stuff you get for it is usually pretty good. And if, if you're grinding anyway, you might as well be doing something while you're grinding. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, I've just got back to the first city with Gloria, and I'm about to go and do some side quests now. But, um, like, when you go... You can find them really easily by clicking the, the stick to zoom out so you can see the whole city in panoramic view. It looks like art. <laughs> like, it just looks like art when you can do that. It's unbelievable. Like, it's great. Yeah. Can't fault them. Very well done, Square Enix for, uh, for Bravely Default. Square so I believe it might be my game of the SFL. Too early for me to say that, but I think I'm leaning to it. I'm like 13 games deep in the 20. But wait, wait, wait. I won't lie. That's, that's ahead of Persona? At the moment, yeah. I mean, again, wow. though, like, 
Once I finish this, I'll be finishing Persona 5 Strikers. We'll see what happens. All Persona 5 needs is to have a good story for you, and I think it's got it for you. Because you like the combat. It does Persona have a good 5. story. But the combat, I don't know. Like, it's apples and oranges. Like, it's a jail, it's a strategy turn-based JRPG versus a Musu action RPG <laughs> game. So it's like, it's apples and oranges. I'm, I think I'm enjoying this combat more, but I've always enjoyed turn-based games more than real-time games. So Yeah. Even though like, I play more real yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a video in that somewhere. Um, should we move on to Maquette? Right up. Cool. So Maquette is a really interesting first-person puzzle game. Um, actually, oh, I was going to do a thing. Isn't it? Sorry? It's an Annapurna game, I believe, yeah? It is an Annapurna-published game. And I need the soundtrack on. But Annapurna, if you're watching this, as unlikely as that is, I need the soundtrack on Spotify. The first thing I did after I finished the game was look the sound, look for the soundtrack, and I couldn't find it, and I'm devastated. <laughs> like, so hit me up, right? We need to start this. So the meaning of the word maquette actually kind of is a good sort of entryway into explaining what the game is. I looked it up on on the Chrome book. Um, so a maquette is a is a is basically a like a small sculptor's model. So if, like, a sculptor is making, I don't know, let's say a model of a park. <laughs> like, they'd make a small model. It's called a maquette. And in maquette, you're basically... It's like worlds within worlds, right? So, like, you're in a place. And it's it's abstract. It's it's surrealistic. It's not a real place. It's a it's a metaphor for... In this case, the, the story of the game is it's about a relationship starting and ending and, like, everything that happens in between. And as you go to different places, like, to different parts of the of the, the game, like, you're learning different... Like, you're rehearing different parts of what happened in the relationship, like, different moments in the relationship. Yeah. So you go to this place, and generally speaking, and the game does branch out from this eventually but this is sort of like the first half to two-thirds of the game and it always uses this sort of concept so you go to a place generally speaking it's it's like there's the central bit and then there's four bits that go off from it and you've got to get into each of those four bits like one after the other after the other after the other in the middle of this place is a smaller model of the place that you're in and outside the walls of where you're standing is like a larger version of the place that you're in. So it's like worlds yeah. within worlds. So like one of the first puzzles you have to solve is you walk into the place, there's a giant red cube. It's fucking huge. You can't move it. You can't do anything with it. It's just it's just there. So if you, if you go to the model in the middle, the smaller version of it in the middle of the square, let's call it, and the cube is there, in the model, because it's there in, in in the current version of the world you're standing in, and you can just pick it up. And when you pick it up, that moves the the one from in the world, right? Yeah. But then you can take this smaller one, and then you can put that somewhere in your world, okay. and it's smaller. <laughs> this is a riveting game, man. It's fucking great for being like 
as a concept for a game, it's fucking fantastic. Like, I'm going to have to spoil some puzzles just to explain it, like some puzzle solutions. So if what I've explained and what you've seen so far on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, is, has already sold you on trying this game out. It's PS Plus. I think it's just on PS5. I'm not 100% on that. You should double-check it. Um, I know it's on PS4, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know if it's a PS Plus game on PS4. But, like, let's just say, like, you have to get to a building, and it's across an uncrossable gap, right? And this took you a while to figure out, and when I figured it out... I thought I was a fucking genius. It's been a good week for my ego. Because <laughs> I've said that twice now. So, to get into this room, I had to use a key. Which, I, you know, I'm not going to talk about how I got that. I unlocked the door. And I walked in and I was like, I have to get over there. And I can't jump it. And I don't see anything around. And I looked around for it, just like thinking, oh, maybe there's like something I can use to like jump and like platform up to it. And then... As, as I was walking out, the key was still in the lock. I was like, that's weird. Because normally the keys disappear. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up and I was like, I've still got this key. And then I was looking at the key and I was like, this is a really weirdly shaped key. Hang on a minute. And then I walked over to the middle model. And I just dropped the key <laughs> into the gap. And it was a bridge. <laughs> And then I walked off to where, like, the the gap was, where I just dropped this key on this small model, and then there it was, and it's a bridge. Like, and you can do that in reverse. I won't lie, because I can't see it. It's very hard. It's very hard to describe. You do it in reverse as well, so you can get out of where you are into, like, a larger version of the world. Which, by the way, and I'm going to say this, and I want no fucking jokes... You move a bit slowly when you're in the larger version of the world because everything's much bigger. You're like, you're not... Because, yeah, it takes longer to move because it's further away, technically. Um, So, like, you'll walk through a house and there's, like, a small doll's house. So then you go, oh, maybe there's something in there. So you walk outside of the, the boundaries of the level, like there's a lift into a larger version of the world, platforming your way up, and then you can get in that house because it's the right size. And oh, there's something in there that you can use. <laughs> yeah, it's liminal, It's all about liminal spaces. It's fucking fascinating as a game concept. And there are some really, really clever puzzles in it. Like, it's just genius. It doesn't really execute it to the best of, that it could. <laughs> like, all the time. So like, it's a it's a good game. I enjoyed it. I beat it in an afternoon. But it's not like it like it, there's potential there that wasn't seen. If that makes sense, like it didn't yeah, reach so what, its full potential. Uh, yeah. So what didn't work for you? Like, I think this game is very mixed for a lot of people. I think critic wise, it's not getting great love. I think the puzzles. Sometimes they were really, really clever. Like, but it, like a lot of it, it was just the beginning. So, like the first time you figure out you can do the thing with the key in the bridge, for example, and make yeah. the key of the bridge, or the first time you go outside into the bigger world, and then oh shit, like I fuck, there's a bigger version of everything as well as like a smaller version of everything. Like, 
But then, like, it gets a bit repetitive because then it's like, well, okay, what are you going to do with that? And then it turns out it does the same thing over and over again, which is you just, you're either going out into the bigger world to find, to, like, fit through a smaller doorway or find something or, like, you're dropping something. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, So, like, I had to do the bridge trick with not more, like, I had to do it more than once, basically. But, like, different stuff. Um, Which is a shame. Because, like I said, the concept is fucking genius. And it's worth playing just for that alone. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... There is also some... There's also some weird limitations. Like, you have to solve the puzzle in the one way that it's been designed to solve. Um, well, that's kind of silly. You would hope to have multiple, at least, at least two different versions to choose from. It's not so much that as like if I f- if I figure out a way to do something like it'd be nice if if the game recognized that like that was like not the one way that this puzzle needed to be solved. Like there's a thing with orbs where it's like you're walking through different buildings and like there's red force fields and blue force fields and if you're holding the red crystal you can walk through the red force fields and if you're holding the blue one and so on you get the point. Yeah. And there's a moment where you have to carry a blue crystal out of a house. But the force field that you need to get past is red. But it's at the bottom of some stairs. So I was like, I got, I know exactly what I need to do here. Because the red crystal was round. I'll put it at the top of the stairs. And then if it rolls down and opens the door. And then I can just run through with the blue crystal. But it doesn't work that way. The solution yeah. to the puzzle is different. <laughs> but like you can do all of those things. It's just the end result isn't the red ball rolls and opens the door. God damn it. <laughs> like, oh man, I have to figure out an entirely different solution to this puzzle. Yeah, this is a game that just doesn't scream me. And game, game no, me. yeah, maybe not. I was going to say, gameplay wise, it also runs out of steam. Like, oh, that sucks. towards the end, it's like there's an entire chapter which is basically you just walk. Which is fine, you know, I've got no problem with a walking game. Yeah. But when it's like, you've got like this genius concept for a puzzle game, and it's like, you've got an entire chapter which is just walking through a fucking canyon. It's like, you really could have done something here. Like, you should have really done something there, really. Yeah. Like, a game that sounds like a false uh, planet's face, personally. But like I said, I it doesn't, but... Like, well, it also doesn't, like, know. yeah, it could have been better. Like... Yeah. The opening is strong. The first level is strong. The last part is is pretty strong because it fucking it it takes the concept of what you're doing and everything I've explained and just fucking put turns it up to eleven, where it's like everything is the gazebo basically. There's like a gazebo at the middle of the of the model, and like you can you can go inside the gazebo. <laughs> thing i'm calling it a gazebo it's not a gazebo but whatever you go inside it and there's a smaller version of it in there which you can pick up (laughs) and when you pick it up you're picking up the thing you're standing in (laughs) and you can move it around and it's really really cool and really trippy and 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 it makes for some memorable puzzles but like there's like a big section in the middle they just could have done more with it like you go through a you go through like a memory of a of a fair at one point but everything in in this fair, like all of the facsimiles of like the the stands and whatnot, it's all just static. 
They can't do anything with it. You can't even interact with, like, anything. Which is fair enough. Not every game needs to have many games, but, like, you could have given me something. That's true, yeah. Could have, yeah. Like, you literally, you go through and it's like, there's a wall. And then, to get past the wall, you just walk back to the model. And there's a lever behind the wall that you can't reach. But because it's on the thing, you just flick the tiny lever and it drops the wall. That's the entire solution to that, that, that part of the game. It's like, you could have done more with that. It's a very well, clever it, game. Well, it's their first game. So hopefully this is done well enough and they can move on to their next game. They were already, You've got to think they'll already be having at least some thoughts and concepts on that. So probably after a little bit of a break, maybe like take a two-week break now. Because the game's maybe out just now. take a little bit of a break, yeah. 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 Take a two-week two week break or something like that. Like again, I as long as you want, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I can't but, uh, stress enough that this is the creativity <clears throat> and the and like just like the genius behind the behind like the idea of this game. Like make whoever developed this because I don't want to to published it. I can't remember who developed it, but whoever de developed this game, just locking it up now. Graceful Decay. Make another one of these. But, like, just go all in on just, like, you have some really clever, like, you have a really, really genius, like, core gameplay mechanic. And you have, like, some really creative stuff in here. Just, just double down on that. <laughs> like, because I want to play more yeah. of the parts of this game that had me being like, fuck, this is so clever. Um, MC Escher, that's... What I've been trying to remember. You know, like the paintings with the staircases that go nowhere. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, there's one other thing as well. The The story's pretty cool. It's like your general sort of relationshipy stuff. Couple of meat. It's very cute. They have a nice relationship. The relationship breaks down. Spoilers, I guess, but... <laughs> It, it literally tells you that at the beginning. It, li it literally tells you at the beginning. Like, this is a story of a relationship that didn't make it. But the two performances, because you get the voiceover from the two characters, the two performances are really good and sell it really well. Um, And one of them... It's Troy Baker. It's not Troy <laughs> Baker, no. Nolan North. Uh, it's not Nolan North. It's the guy who played Lincoln Lee in Fringe. Uh, Seth Gable. Seth Gable is great. You should watch Friends. It's amazing. Um, Seth Gable, fantastic. Bryce Dallas Howard is the other person. Fantastic. Like they do such a good job of selling it, where it's just like, it's it again. Like and I'm using the same phrases over and over again. It's kind of generic, like as a story, but the yeah. voice acting sells it really well, and like the dialogue itself. Is is good, so it carries it somewhat. Good. Um, where it's like, if it didn't have such good dialogue or it didn't have such good voice acting, maybe it would have been a bit like, all right. But it's not, so it, it's really good. Like kudos for that. Kudos, kudos. Hopefully, uh, uh, sounds like a game that has good ideas but hasn't fully executed it. But That's probably a good then, summary. Uh, hopefully the next game. Bags of potential in. at the developer, so yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on them. 
Okay, time for the final game. Am I after this <laughs> going to be buying this game right after you talk about it? I yes don't know. No? I can't predict Curse the future. Of the dead gods. Curse I'll of the Dead Gods. I'll say right now, just from what I'm looking at right now, this is very Hades. So it is. Because Hades is like the ultimate roguelike. So I feel like for the next 10 years, all we're going to be saying is, hey, this looks like Hades. <laughs> Game would have been getting created at the same time as Hades, so there would have been no chance that no. they would have known that. Another it's just, levels. yeah, again, it's just because, like, ro there, there are so many roguelikes. So many roguelikes. Um, so, like, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a roguelike. It's Curse of the Dead Gods, it's a roguelike. It, it'll feel like Hades if you've played Hades. I imagine any sort of, like, isometric third-person action roguelike is gonna feel like Hades um, if you've played Hades at this point but there's a lot of sort of key differences to this so at no point like once you're a couple hours in at no point will you be like well this is just Hades because it's definitely got its own feel visual style looks very Hades the visual style is yeah, cool it's sexy it's sexy I won't lie it's a beautiful that's a good place style. to transition in a gameplay <laughs> um yeah so is is maquette no we just talked about his curse of the dead god's good yes i'll say yes it is good um yeah. it's very different from hades i'm just gonna throw that out there right now the start is there's no story there's a very brief opening cutscene of a person walking into a temple and then it seals shut that's all the story you're going to get. That's it. There's no voices acting. There's no nothing. It is literally just cool. Kill everything in this temple. <laughs> so how it works is very, very interesting. Um, like, Sorry, there is a lot of stuff law, which you can look up in codex entries if you want to. You don't have to, though. Um, so how this works is it's very, like, the way it's segmented is great. So you've played tons of roguelikes i'm guessing because we all have because <laughs> there's about seven thousand of them on steam um i've played a couple in the time maybe not near as you but i've played a couple so like, let's just talk about dead cells for a second in dead cells because i think it's actually closer to dead cells than it is to hades in dead cells you start off at the beginning and then you have to get to the end beat the end boss and then it resets itself if you die it resets itself okay so the day gods there are three temples with three different themes. Um, and there are three levels. I believe three levels. I've only played it for a few hours. There are three levels in each temple. And how it works is, when you start, all you have to do is beat the first level. So, like, of the first temple. So there's a fire one, there's a thunder one, like a lightning one, and then there's, like, a poisonish one. Like, it might be, they're, they're, that's probably not right, but red, blue, green. <laughs> like they're the primary colors of these three different temples so when you start you're doing the fire temple and all you have to do is get through the rooms beat the boss at the end of it cool you're golden boom move on to the next temple yeah and then you go back to the beginning from there but having been successful and then you do the next one and then once you do the next one again you just all you have to do is that one level so however many rooms it is beat that boss once you've done this for each temple, you can then move on to the next level. So you start from the beginning of the fire temple again, 
and you have to beat the boss that you've already beaten. And then there's a door, and this time you can go through the door and do the second set of levels. So instead of doing the whole thing, the whole run, and just getting a little bit further every time, like you're doing it in sort of like checkpointed segments almost. Like all you have yeah. to do is do this, and then oh, now you can go further, and you have to get further, and now you can go further, and have to get further. It's really interesting, <laughs> like to not have like the entire game out like sprawled out before you, and you're just gonna die a fucking shit lot of times. <laughs> Like, it's just ever closer to the end. Like, come on, I'm almost there. Like, I beat the... Like, I beat, like, four bosses. And I've only played it for a few hours. Yeah. Because it's very... Like, it, especially those first few levels, it's, like, it's very doable. And it feels very, like... And it feels like you're accomplishing something more so than in, in most other roguelikes that aren't called Hades. Um... So that's really cool. <laughs> like, it sounds like it, yeah. Like I say, uh, first of all, like I said, for me, art style sucks me in straight away. The art style's oh, just looks phenomenal. very sexy as well. It looks like it flows very well. Am I right there? Yeah, so uh, again... Ooh, sound like a... Yeah. No, no, sorry. I was just breathing at the same time I was talking. So thinking about what I was going to say next. So again, there's like... There's different weapons. So there's hammers... Throwing knives, throwing axes, swords, machetes, all sorts, guns, bows. You have three different weapon slots for your main weapon, um, a sub-weapon, and then you can find like a two-handed weapon, which is like a heavy weapon. Those yeah. are really satisfying, I might add. You get a fucking massive fuck-off warhammer, and it's just it's really satisfying to use. Um, <laughs> and you dodge, and you can parry like... You know, in any good, difficult game where it's like, oh, if you time it just right, ching, you'll parry an attack. I don't recommend it. It's If you're not very good at timing-based stuff, it's really difficult. I just dodge everything. <laughs> um, it does fly really well. You have to get to grips with a bunch of different weapon types because, again, it's much like Dead Cells in that you start off with whatever starter weapons the game throws at you. And you can find different weapons as you progress through the through the, the levels on any particular run, but it's completely random what you'll find and be able to actually get. So you have to be you have to you have to be able to sort of get to grips with a bunch of different weapons. For example, it was only like quite late on that I found throwing knives, which are a main weapon, and realized this shit's the fucking best. <laughs> I fucking love these things. <laughs> um yeah, you can stand at a distance and throw knives at things. Brilliant! Sign me up. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like there's different different weapons like have obviously different move sets and different combos and like they can you can combo from like main weapons into sub weapons like to do some really interesting things. For example, if you have uh, you have like a knife as a as a sub weapon. Mm. Um, so like if you were I was I had this paired up with a hammer. And if you attack three times pressing square with the hammer, one, two, three, the third move is kind of like a finisher. Bang. Does more damage. And it sort of knocks an enemy away, like slightly away from you. If I interrupted that combo and I did two hits of square and then used the sub weapon, the knife, I'd swing the sub, I'd swing the knife and jump backwards. And sometimes that can really be a fucking lifesaver. <laughs> if used correctly. 
Um, Sounds like it. The stamina as well, just while we're talking about the combat, works quite differently from most of the games. So it has a stamina bar. Um, I don't know if you're looking at footage of the game. I'm looking, I'm looking at what it's on Steam. That's but there's, you might see underneath the character there are dots underneath the character. And yeah, that's your stamina. So if you do a full attack, blah, 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 that's usually one dot of stamina. And once you run out, you can't attack, you can't dodge. You Basically, you've opened yourself up to a world of pain. Um, the heavy weapons do a lot more damage. They're bigger and slower. And each individual swing whoosh, whoosh, takes off a dot. So using them does more damage, but you use a lot more stamina doing it. Um, you can regain your stamina by doing a perfect dodge, by parrying, by killing enemies. And then sometimes you'll find, like, upgrades... Because again, you get like temporary upgrades as you're going through. Like, and sometimes be like, regain your stamina when this happens, etc. <laughs> cool. Sounds very good. I won't lie. What's not working? What's not working? What's not working for you? Um, honestly, the same thing that I find in a lot of roguelikes like this. So, doing the first levels of the game was cool and it was fun, and I I enjoyed every second of it. Once I unlock the longer runs, like, the thing about doing boss fights in a game like this is you have to learn how they attack. Not like, true. you have to learn the timing, you have to learn what they're about to do when they move their arm this way or when they hold the thing above their head, which is fine. Like, I'm all for that. Like, again, Bloodborne, top 10 game of all time. <laughs> That's all that game's about. Like, the problem is it can take, like, once you get to that second boss fight it takes time to get back to it so the first time i did the the second boss fight so like i did the first level beat the boss that i'd already beaten before moved on got to the second boss got rinsed because i had no idea what the boss was capable of or what he was going to do and it's like right now i've got to go all the way back to it to then learn more stuff like you know what i mean to learn and then die <laughs> <laughs> rather than be like, I'm going to do this. It's like, I need to get to the second phase and see what happens in the second phase. And Oh no, the sec everything's exploding. <laughs> I was not prepared for this. <laughs> like, it's not Souls-like levels of challenge. Like, I think I beat every boss in two goes, um, yeah. apart from the longer one. But that's just attrition, right? It's like you've got to go through a bunch of fights and enemies and traps and hazards and <laughs> corruption and curses to get there. <laughs> Sometimes maybe you don't have full health when you get there. <laughs> Sometimes maybe you're just dragging your bleeding carcass through the door. <laughs> I'm here to fight. Has <laughs> anyone seen my spleen? Um, but yeah, so, so like that, that's not a curse of the dead gods complaint. That's a roguelikes like this in general complaint. Yeah. <laughs> like dead, like, like speaking of dead cells, like how many times I go through the entire game to learn the fucking last boss fight before I finally managed to beat it. It was just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have another half an hour to get through this game again. Only half an hour. <laughs> I mean, you get it, you get it down to a, a rhythm eventually. Um, and yeah, it is very reflex heavy, so you do have to sort of be like time dodges quite well, stuff like that. Um, 
Let's talk about corruption. Because <laughs> that's a mechanic in this game, and it's very interesting. Okay. So, in this game, it's called Curse of the Dead Gods. So you knew I was going to talk about curses at some point. Um, so, in this game, it's fairly standard sort of roguelike stuff. Like, if you played, if you played Slay the Spire, no. All right, cool. So, like, when you're going through through the doors, every time you do, there's a map, and you generally have choices about which direction to go, and you can see the paths in front of you, and what they lead to. So you can like see that, like, if I go left, I'll go into a gold room where I can collect a lot of gold, and then I'll go into a healing room where I can heal myself and so on and so forth and you can plan out like directions that you want to go in um so like if you want to say you want a new weapon it's like there's a weapon there's a new place I can buy a new weapon from on this path so I just need to follow this path um so that's kind of cool and then like it, it, it's fairly standard in terms of you go to gold room you find some gold Attribute room, you can upgrade some of your attributes. Totem room means you can get some... They're basically upgrades. Mm. Like, they're, they're, they're cool upgrades. I'm not I'm not writing them off. It's just, you've played this before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Every time you go through a door, your corruption meter goes up. And sometimes, like, certain enemies can attack you and do damage to your corruption as, as, as instead of your health. Once it maxes out at 100, you get a curse. It's completely random what you get. And there's like five levels of this. Never get to level five. If you get to level five, your health drops to one. <laughs> like, the final curse is basically... So overpowered that they can't hit you? No, no. no. They get, they're well, basically, the, fi the final curse is basically, fuck you, die. <laughs> so if you get that you've far, been, you've fucked. You've lasted too long. We want you to die now. <laughs> but like they're really interesting, like curses. So the one I tweeted about earlier, because the game has a light and dark mechanic, where it's like one of your things is a torch, and you can light brassiers, not bras, but you know brassiers, and <laughs> and um. I mean, you know, I just you gotta make sure people know what you're talking about. Um, you take extra damage in the dark, or normally. Um, so, like, enemies will sometimes snuff lights out. Sometimes there won't be a light source in a room, and you have to navigate around that. So, like, if you get hit when you're standing in the light, you won't take as much damage as you do if you're standing in the dark. Um, unless you get a curse, <laughs> which negates that... And lets you do more damage when you're in the dark. So all of a sudden, it's like your entire mindset of how you're playing this game flips. Because it's like, well, I want to be in the dark so I can do more damage. You're still going to take more damage. But you can do more damage. But enemies are invisible. And they can only be seen when you shine a light on them. So the curse is enemies are invisible. I have to, oop, I have to shine a light on them. To, to, to then see them. To then make them visible. But I can also do more damage to them when I'm in the dark. <laughs> so you so say you say it. this is a curse, and I say you merely adopted the darkness. I was born into it. And then That's I start cool. fucking shit up, yeah. Um there's all sorts of cool ones. Some of them are bad. Some of them are really bad and you don't want them. <laughs> like, there's a curse where basically your torch does dark light. 
and you can't light anything. <laughs> It it doesn't have a fire effect and it doesn't do light anymore. So it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's other ones where it's like killing enemies will make them explode after a second. So it's like, that's also, I would call a double-edged sword where it's like, yeah, great. Everybody's blowing up around me. But hey, if I use that to my advantage, I can chain react and blow everybody up. Because the, the damage is done to every, anything that's standing there, including enemies. Like, the curses are really cool. Because you kind of don't want them. Because they're curses, and they do bad things to you. Like, I did, I had, a, I got a curse where all the damage that I took also, like, took equal amounts of my money. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I need to not get hit. Great. Um, but, like, you kind of want them as well, because... You, they can be useful sometimes. They can be helpful. Like, they can do things where it's like, if I play the game in a, in a different way the way I've been playing it, I could turn this around to my advantage. And it's about being mindful of, of all of that. And that's fun. That sounds fun, I won't lie. Uh, well, I'm going to say it. We'll say it right now just for the time being. I'm going to hold back on it. That's fair. Because yeah. as much as I'm, I'm enjoying I'm it... I'm going to a roguelite right now. As much as, yeah, it, it is a roguelike, and you have to be in the mood for one. Yeah. As much as I'm enjoying it right now, I don't know how far I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And, and part of that is because I have two 60-hour games that I want to finish because I'm really into them. And part of that is just because it's like, it's a roguelike. <laughs> like, when I got to the, when I got, like, I think the third time I died to a boss that was, like, 20 rooms deep. And it was like, can I be bothered to go through all 20 rooms again? <laughs> I do this. <laughs> like, you get currencies and unlock stuff to unlock permanent upgrades. Um, so you can unlock weapons like you did in Dead Cells. So you unlock a weapon and it adds it to the pool of weapons that you can find as you go on through the game. Yeah. Um, you use a different currency to unlock essentially buffs i can't remember what they're called that'll do things like uh give you a thousand gold when you start a run so you know you start off with some money so you can buy things you can buy things without money but you do it with blood and and that raises your corruption <laughs> so it that's tightrope <laughs> like it's cool because if you see something you really want and you don't have gold you can still buy it but it might screw you in the long run. Um, and I think my issue with this with this is... I mean, it's fine. But also, I don't feel like I'm getting all that much more powerful. And I feel like the progression is, is very heavily swings towards like getting better at the game. As opposed to getting more quote-unquote powerful at the game. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't feel like I'm unlocking very much very quickly. That's fine. Like, at the moment, I'm trying to save up to unlock better starting weapons. You know, a staple of dead cells. And it's just taking ages to do it. It's just like, oh, man, I need so many skulls. It's taking too long. Because, yeah. like, it's pretty... Like, the thing is, like, a big part of it is unlocking new weapons that you find in a run. But there aren't that many rooms between you and a boss. 
it's pretty rare <laughs> that you'll unlock, that you'll find new weapons. Like, maybe once, twice in a run. It's like, I've unlocked like five, six, seven, eight, I can't remember, like weapons to add into into the into the pool. And I feel like I've seen one, one of them. <laughs> and I didn't buy it because I, I had a better weapon on me. Yeah. But it seems like the randomizer's a bit crap. It's not, it's not so much crap. It's just, I don't know. This, it's just, a, I don't think the progression happens as fast as I want it to happen. Yeah. Considering I've beaten four bosses in the game. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm not, it's not like I'm stuck in the first biome or whatever. It's like I have made fairly significant progress, all things considered, because I've already played it this morning for a few hours. Um, And I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm going too slowly, and I feel like that's what's going to eventually drive me away from the game. But right now, I'm still having fun. Yeah. And I still want to play good. it. That's what we want to hear, Like, it? I still have that itch. You know, the roguelike itch, where it's just like, I can... I can do this. I can do this. I can have patience. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've never had patience before, but... That's true. That's true. Well, there we go. Three different games. I think that is a JRPG, a roguelike, and a puzzle game. I think it's fair to say. Just let us know which one. If you've tried any of them, are you enjoying any of them? Do you agree with what we've said? Do you disagree with what we said? Amy did most of the speaking, I won't lie. She does play a lot more games than I do. But she does have a lot of free time right now. <laughs> I just, just I like trying new games. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I tried it because I've got a couple of games saved on my on my Steam, and I'm just like, uh, uh football manager. No, oh, right, that's now. fine. Or even stronghold. Remember blood? Remember <laughs> bloodborne? Remember Christmas? <laughs> I do it oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no one plays as many games as me. But what you gotta remember is this what is the thing is sorry, go on. This isn't like a review show. I know it's called the weekly review. Yeah, um, I know that. But like, it's not like I'm finishing all of these games. Maquette was like two and a half, three hours of my time. Um, Curse of the Dead Gods, I played it for a few hours. Like, I'm comfortable enough getting to a point where I can say, I understand this game, and then talking about it, right? Like, mm. it's not like I'm going to fucking wait until I've played 60 plus hours of Bravely Default 2 to talk about it on the podcast. Like,. That's fine. Like, and don't try and keep up with me, because I'm not trying to keep up with you. Trust me. I, 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 <laughs> when I when I let that port sail at the big on the first of January. Like <laughs> you like doing other things, like watching movies and TV shows and stuff. And I don't do that very much. <laughs> like when you're sitting back, binging WandaVision, I'm playing a game. <laughs> Because that's what I like to do for fun. Well, I, don't, I didn't picture it. I just watched one episode. You know what I mean. Though, it like, I, that yeah, was the so, first thing that yeah. came into my head. WandaVision. I know. I know. But, but uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's why I watch but like I six movies a year. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't lie. That's better than what I've this last year. So. <laughs> but I did watch the new film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, remind me to ask you about that after the podcast. Um, but yeah, I know you've got Lupira. Yeah. And I want to try that, that next week. Uh, also, I've got Voyage, the game I told you about. I yes. think it does the same thing as A Way Out did, where hmm. I can give you a, a pass to it to play it with me. That's interesting. I might have to look into that. Yeah. I mean, I might be a bit busy this week, because 
We have to default. I'm locked in my house. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can have a look at it. Like I've got fights in tight spaces and on early access. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah I've got one more unit that I need to hand into my next week. I've got three units, but I've got two of them done. I've got one more to do. I'm aiming to get that done on Tuesday. Might even try and smash it maybe tomorrow. If not, it'll be Tuesday, and then after that, I'm gonna be. And I have Harvest Moon, so I might like. Yeah. I do want to try that. It's just like I know that's also a long game, and it's just like, oh man, <laughs> like if I get into that as well, like. Oh. That's the thing about it. Right now, we've got two long games that we're trying to balance. With like, I haven't even started one of them, but was just Persona, yeah. and you've got we've both got Bravely Default, and we're both gonna try and crack into Persona. So yeah, we're trying to find that right balance right now. So and I, well, I I know I it's not out yet. The next week, the next uh, retrospective video at the end of it. Obviously, you've seen it. No one else has yeah. seen it. Obviously, I more or less said what game I'm playing next for that. And that's it's not exactly a short game. <laughs> yeah. It's not a long game, but uh, it'll take a while. It'll take like a bit, a few hours. <laughs> um. But yeah, there'll be games. We'll get the games talking about next week. Undoubtedly. We have games every week. That's going to do it for this week. It's been a longer episode. We dive deep into a couple of games. Yeah. I may have fallen asleep in the middle one. (laughs) My cat was fine. It's Like I say, it's very difficult to describe. I was like, I was struggling for questions, but it's very like, difficult to describe a liminal f- maquette like model based game like yeah it's again genius concept not as well executed as it could have been but still it has its moments and it's fucking nice. if you got PS Plus it's free so let's fucking try it <laughs> I've seen people I've seen people I follow on Twitter say this is their favourite game of the year so far so oh, that's fantastic that's uh, that's great to hear that you know even though I sound like a poo poo and I can't I can't even say anything about it. I'm just, I haven't played it. Uh, yeah, you it might. It doesn't sound like appealing to me or anything like that. Yeah. But anyway, hey, if I hear someone says they enjoyed that and they said best game, favorite game of the year, I praise them to the end of the world. Yeah, right. Happens on this podcast. Yeah. Remember Ori last year? You top top five it, and I honorable mentions that <laughs> game at game of the year. It's like both opinions are valid. Um, let's go. Let's go, everybody. Have a great uh, week. I can hear the battle music in Bravely Default too. Yeah, kind of feel like I think after starting talk after we talked about Bravely Default, it's kind of okay. Do we have to talk about these other two games? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I made the video footage and everything. It's fine. I was like, ah, no. Sorry, it's fine though. We can go now. We don't have to do this again until Thursday night. Bye, everybody.